she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. Because there was no room in the end. Amen. Amen. Last week we talked about the manger. And the man was doing exactly what God created him to do. Then God one day took that crack and laid his son in the manger that was built. Today, we're going to talk about something that is definitely going on today. And it's out of Luke 2 and 7, what I just read to you. But today we're going to talk about something so simple, but yet so profound. Yet we have to examine our own selves as we look back in history and see that back then is no different than today. Because the scripture said there was no room. There was no room. And like so many things today, we have to set and understand what no room is really saying to us today. See, it, 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 when I hear this word, no room, it seems like God done shot some arrows and he done pierced something inside of me. Because when we look at our text today, we see our Savior in the stable because there was no room to receive him in the end. There was no room for Jesus to be born. He was pushed into the periphery of the outerness of life because he couldn't be with the normal people of society. See, there was no room in the end. And some of us would even look at the text and look at the owner of the end and say, why wouldn't he make room for somebody to be born? But he ain't the only one. He's not the only one that you can sit around and condemn. Because like him, so much of us has neglected and so many times we done looked at the responsibility and so many times we done shielded ourselves from not having room for Jesus. See, Mary and Joseph was there just in the, the lounge and they was there hoping that they could get a room. But when they got there, due to the fact that the inn was so overcrowded and the innkeeper was so busy because he was being blessed by the people returning back to the senses and business and picked up okay. in little old Bethlehem. He used to two or three people every now and then coming through. But now the lobby is filled with people. Now they to and from. And he's busy trying to take care of the guests. He was so busy that if you didn't make reservations in time, then you didn't have a room to go to. 
It's just like us today. If you don't make the reservation for the Super Bowl, right. and you get there the day and the day, they gonna tell you there's no room. I don't care if it's in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, or New York. Sooner or later, it's gonna run out of room. See, some of us dislike the innkeeper because we think he should have did a little more. Because he's seen Mary and Joseph. Mary pregnant and about to deliver. We think compassion should be the number one thing that should come out of his mouth, knowing that any time this woman can give birth. But he was so busy that he didn't have time to show compassion. He ended up neglecting because there was no room in the end. All right, all right. Oh, we sit here and condemn him. But us Walmarters and us Christmas shoppers, we don't worry about the condition of the other person. See, they could be pregnant and about ready to get, but all we care about is getting the stuff that we done came to God. We sit that Ross in the line and knowing that somebody could be hurt, somebody could be pregnant, somebody might need a little extra assistance, but that's gonna interfere with what we came to do. They might need a little push in the wheelchair. All right. But that's too much for us to give consideration to. See, we sit over and look at the innkeeper and think he had a problem. But I think the same problem is going on today. And see, when we look at God, and God is telling us, do you have room for me today? You looking back at Bethlehem. But let's look at Wichita and how much room do you got for me today? Many people today, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Saturday, they get up on time and never miss a day of work. But come Sunday morning, when it's time to give God some room, they all sit there with their covers and roll it over. All of a sudden, the alarm clock can't work on Sunday morning. It doesn't work all the way through the week, but you even refuse to set it on Sunday morning. So there's no room in our houses today. And we look around and we wonder where this inconsideration come from. They had been keeping Bethlehem it wasn't that he wanted to be inconsiderate. He was just busy doing what he was blessed to do. How many of us today is too busy doing what we think we should be doing instead of observing others that is around us that may need some help sometimes? Instead of looking around and showing some care and some compassion to somebody. How many of us is just so fixed on what we think we doing instead of looking around to see if somebody needs some help? See, the first family came to Jerusalem, came to Bethlehem, and they was looking to find a place. But see, Malachi, Micah predicted it a long time ago. See, that's why we have a little problems with prophecy today. Because we don't think it's going to come true. We just look at these words and say, well, I hope that God is going to do something. 
But see, God ain't scared to put his name on something that he's going to say is going to happen to people in their lives. See, God don't mind making this the blueprint of the past, the present, and the future. God don't mind standing behind his word and making it come true at that appointed time when he's ready to do what he said he's going to do. But you, O Bethlehem, who are little among the clan of Judah. Oh, that sounds like Miss Paul. For you shall bring forth from me one who ruler of Israel, whose origin is from old and from the ancestors of the day. Micah 5 and 2, God done prophesied that this day was going to come, that Jesus was going to not be able to have room in the end. How many of you have been frustrated? How many of you have been so disappointed that when you got there, that it was so crowded, that there was no room to do what needs to be done? How many of you done got up early thinking you're going to beat the crowd? but the crowd has already beat you. How many of you get so frustrated that you no longer get concerned about others that you're just so wrapped up in what you are so wondering about? See, when you got no room in your life, then you have no compassion in your life. When you have no room in your life, then kindness is not in your life. When you have no room in your life, love can't be at the forefront of your life. When you have no room in your life, self-control can't dominate your life. When you have no room in your life, gentleness is no longer a part of your life. When you have no room in your life, joy is no longer there no more. When you have no... The things of the world starts to dominate you. And the things of the people starts to dominate you. See, when I was going through this, I, God gave me some convictions on some things that even had to wake me up. See, when you got no room in your life, you can't see that people, what you get upset with is also a part of you. See, many of us don't like one another. Because we see them and think there's something wrong with them. But when you let God look at you and God show you are just like them, then God is able to show you why you can quit fussing and fighting with them. Because what's wrong with them is to oh, somebody else. He had to teach me that this week. He said, you so upset. What you upset about? The same thing they doing that you doing. So you need to understand that what they doing is the same thing you doing. Why is it okay with you, but not okay with them? See, when you all oh, somebody on a shout. See, we so busy trying to hold on to these little full time, not that they not important. You just got to realize who gave it to you. Oh, I'm finna get in somebody's house today. Oh, it's a Christmas story. Because I'm bringing some good tithing into your life. So that you can start looking at yourself. 
and start to understand that I ain't got no room in my life because I'm so tied up with the stuff that I done forgot like the innkeeper that God it may show up at any time he chooses to show up. And if I'm too busy doing what I think is right and then I don't have enough room in my life to see what God is up to, then I need to examine myself. Now let me get in your kitchen so we can get to cooking. We so concerned with holding down our full-time jobs and building our careers. Our marriages and relationships have demanded so much of our time. Raising our children is so time-consuming. And the church that even got draining to us. Our civic life and our social life, because we want to be somebody that got to be so important. Then the next thing you know, you done ran out of physical and mental and emotional capacity to do what God needs you to do. Because you so busy thinking you protected what God done gave you, that God got to need your help to protect what he done gave because the Bible says what the Lord gives, nobody can take away and if you let God see we get so busy and we so consumed that we don't even give God our best no more we just blow through Sunday we blow through Bible study. We blow through Sunday school. We just go through the motions because we so busy trying to get a world our best that we don't even give God our best. Now let me get on home right quick so that I can get in somebody. You so worried about how you look that you don't even know how to look on the inside. Then if you look on the inside, You quit worried about how you look on the outside. Because God will clean you up where you're going to look good. Whether it's some holy jeans and a holy shirt. But the glow of Jesus can permeate in your life. We so consumed that we don't have no room in the end for God to do what God needs him to do. That's why it's so good that I'm so glad that the innkeeper taught me a lesson. That he was so busy. That he didn't have concern about somebody that might need some help because there was no room in the end. But oh, praise his holy name. That thank God that God don't need us to make room. Because God will make no way out of no one. He showed you right there in the scripture. He said, if you ain't got room right here, I'll build something and make room myself. Because I'm going to make room. I'm going to come in. I'm like a river. You can dam it up, but I'm going to find another way around it so that you can solve. Oh, Y'all need to praise it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the, the guest was taken care of. See, all of the folk was doing fine. But when it was time for your son, there was no room in the end. Oh, Lord, I forgive us as we living good, driving good, talking good, walking good, eating good, feeling good. Oh, forgive us that we ain't got no room for you. Because, see, we so busy 
with the natural that we done forgot the supernatural. And God is saying, don't you put where I can't get in. Because if I can't get in, then I'm going to go around you and build something that's going to let me in. Today, the innkeeper didn't even know in his backyard that the Savior was going to be born. The innkeeper was so busy that he didn't even know Emmanuel showed up. The innkeeper was so busy he didn't know God is with us no more. Just like I said, God don't need you if you're too busy. The innkeeper was so busy, God went to the shepherds that was out in the field. And he revealed himself to them and told them, you go into Bethlehem and worship my son. Because they were too busy and there was no room in the end. Do God got to go somewhere else to come and do what you supposed to do. Because you supposed to be his children and you supposed to be blessed by him. Do God got to go somewhere else and say to the rocks, you go do what they won't do because there's no room. In the end, when we get it together and we let the crowds remove themselves and when we let the spirit of the God have his way, we don't have to worry about the trivial things of life. We don't have to play games with one another. We don't have to guard our turf no longer. We don't have to have petty political positions no more. See, we, we get it right that our heart was full of hate and our minds were so full of venom that we are not willing to have room for Jesus in our lives. See, it's dangerous to allow your heart to drift away from God. It's dangerous to let your mind drift away from his word. It's dangerous when we can't find room to let the Holy Spirit in. It's dangerous for us to celebrate the falseness of man instead of celebrating the glory of God. It's dangerous to God to act like you in church and walking through the church motion instead of being the church and doing what God then called the church to do. It's dangerous to walk around and come into the world and act and pretend and they say that this is the way it is when Jesus keeps saying to us let me in so that I can change the way you do things because I'm telling you right now there's no room in your end but if you want some room then you're going to have to get away from the norm and you're going to have to celebrate me in a whole different way because I'm not scared to let you have all of me if you want me the little bit you got you can't even handle but you keep yelling you want more of me well if you want more of me you gotta change you and if you change you there comes some more room and the more room you make the more room I'll take and the more room I pay the more glory you become Oh, 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 your, your, your pastor don't mind admitting 
that he can get too busy. Thank you, Jesus. And the pastor sometimes let these sermons do his own work in his heart. See, it might not touch your heart, but it got my heart. See, I don't mind letting the Lord let me know, hey, don't you get too busy doing what you think I want you to do. If I need you to lay out on that floor and let me minister to you, don't you worry about that job. You just call in sick. Don't you worry about the stuff I done gave you. You just let me have it because I am telling you that there's no room for you right now. Let me in and watch my glory work in your life. See, we've been taught. I don't know who taught us. <laughs> I ain't found it in the Bible, but they taught us this. The busier we get, the more godly we supposed to be. The, the, the more we look good, the more holy we supposed to be. The more we talk good, the more godly we supposed to portray. I don't know who taught us this. But my Bible didn't teach me this. My Bible tells me that you are set apart. That you don't have to do what the world tells you to do. My Bible tells me that if you just trust in me, I will move the mountains that's in your life. My Bible told me that if you got faith in me, that everything that you need, I shall supply. My Bible tells me that you trust in my word. I will rise you and put you where I need you to be. I'm talking about my Bible and what it says. Oh, Jesus promised that if you make room for him. Now, let me, you know, I'm talking to church folks. Because we have this, this imaginational belief that we done made room for him. Lord, I done made room for you, but I ain't stopped doing nothing that I was doing. And Jesus is looking at you going, well, if you made room for me, but you ain't going to stop doing what you're doing, you didn't make room, you're lying. Watch this. Many of us notice that when things get tough or when things need to change, notice the first thing that is exit at your life is God in the church. When you got to give some more money or your money get tight. Guess who the last one to get some of your money? God. Instead of changing going from Walmart to Red Root, to, to Red Lobster, to the Texas Roadhouse all in the same day. You say, I got to have a social life because I done worked too hard for this. So guess who going to get minus something? The church and Jesus. See, when y'all done worked so hard, when I done did so much, I noticed that the first thing that goes out your life is what God 
that you made a commitment to God to do. I notice your wallet get a little tight when it comes to giving to God, but you can go give it to all of these other places. I notice when God requires his stuff, all of a sudden you ain't got room for his stuff, that everything else is more important than his stuff. That tells me that you don't have no room in the end for what God needs. And that's why he said to his disciples, oh, I'm going away, but I'm going to have a place for you. You're going to go through some difficult days ahead, but let not your heart be troubled. Because if you believe in God, you can believe in me, in my father's house. I'm not talking about a funeral. I'm talking about in my father's house. I'm not talking about a God of the future. I'm talking about a God today in my father's house. Oh, that's what Jesus was telling us. He said, in my father's house, there's going to be many rooms. And he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I go, I'm going to come back and get you. And when I come, I'm going to bring you to myself. And he said, oh, where I am. Oh, y'all need to hear this. I'm not talking about when you get there. I'm talking about right now. He said, where I am. Yeah, you shall be also. So let me tell you something. If you don't have no more room, you might as well get ready to make some room. Because don't be the one that God has to bypass and go out into the manger, out into the field and go get a cow or a, or a horse or something to come in and speak to you and let you know, see, God ain't scared. He took a few. He put an angel on it and he gave it a sword and it was sitting there swinging and the prophet didn't want to pay attention to God and the horse and the mule stopped. And God said, the prophet said, what you stopping for? And he said, can't you see the angel sitting there swinging the sword that about to kill you and me? The view was smart enough to say, I'm not going. You go on your own because there's some room still left in my life that God can have this way. Don't get mad at the innkeeper. Don't get mad at the people. All my brothers and sisters in their room uh, in your life uh, for Jesus to come. Don't sit there and say, I gave all I could give. Because God say, I'm coming to clean uh, some old stuff out so that you can make more room. More room. More room for my Glory in your life. The scriptures are clear. It's going to take us to shoulder what God wants us to do. Many of us got to start making some more room. 
See, if you've been breathing already and you're still here, that means you still need to make some more room in your life. I think one thing about getting older, you also get a little bit wiser. And I think when you get a little bit wiser, all that stuff that you thought was important and you realize ain't important no more. See, all that stuff you used to fuss and fight about, you quit fussing and fighting about. All that stuff that you wish you had, you glad you didn't get it because God was up there protecting you. See, what you thought was important, all of a sudden ain't important. Now you start looking toward the glory of God and you start to realize what's important. That's why when the innkeeper got so busy, he couldn't see what the glory of God that was sitting in the womb of a virgin was about to come for. So God had to go somewhere else. And that's why the older you get, the better you should get, and the more room you should make for God to use you. You can't be stupid no more. You can't use ignorant no more. And let me use the new word that the church done brought up that ain't in the Bible. It ain't a process. It is an instantaneous obedience unto God. We use the word process. God said you already got it. All you got to do is use it whenever you need to use it. Oh, well, I haven't grown there yet. Well, get busy growing so that you can do what you need to do. Oh, I'm not ready. Then quit complaining because there ain't no room. You know, I'm going home, but I'm going to leave y'all alone. You know, this is the Christmas message. And I want you to have the Christmas present. You know, there is a learning process. And Jesus learned. But what he learned and what God tries to get us to learn is the more I put on you, the more you should have learned that I trust you. If I ain't got nothing on you, that means I can't trust you. But if I got stuff on you, that means I'm trusting you. And the number one thing you should realize is this. Well, if he's trusting me, then I'm his. And if I'm his, he got it. And if he got it, I'm in good hands. And if I'm in good hands, I don't have to work. And if I don't have to work, I can celebrate. Because if I can celebrate, I can rejoice. And if I can rejoice, I can be free. And if I can be free, I can worship in freedom. And if I can worship in freedom, I can celebrate the glory that God has used in me. Because there's room.